Happy endings are the rule. So divide up those in darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light them up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the shadows out of This is Jennifer Stone, Stone's Throw, and I have two guests today, two very special guys. Activists, wouldn't you know? I wonder what activists are doing on KPFA. <laughs> they do a series called. So how'd you become an activist? And Steve's the one who put it together. And Diamond Dave is going to be... Diamond Dave is going to be appearing this Thursday night, December 15th. He's uh, on with Wavy Gravy. Now I'm going to ask Steve to tell me all about this series, its evolution, how it came to be, <coughs> and what's happening here Thursday night. Well, just briefly, uh, how it came to be is... Um uh, oh, about, I guess it was three years ago, uh, during the trial, uh, the first trial, uh, uh, Judy Barry and Daryl Cherney, who sued the FBI and the Oakland police. Uh, Daryl Cherney's mother was here from New York visiting, and uh, during a recess outside the courtroom, I kiddingly went up to her and I said to her, I said, uh, when did you realize Daryl was going to be a great leader of the Western world? And she laughed, and then she started telling me all these stories about how he was a kid and how he organized uh, people in the neighborhood, kids. And they did little shows and stuff. And uh, then I, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I realized everybody has a story, including right. yourself. And yeah. you, you were great. You were on our program. Yeah, everybody did, you know, did plays in the backyard, and what were they about? Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I like gender, um, what is it? I like to play the king and let him play the queen. That was the beginning for me, you know. So Daryl Cheney's mom suggested this to you, and then you put together... The series was at uh, the Unitarian Cedar and Bonita here in Berkeley for uh, years, wasn't it? Three years? Three and a half years. Three and a half years. And now you're moved over to San Francisco New College, 777 Valencia. That's between 18th and 19th in the city. I love that neighborhood. I'd love to hang out over there. Uh, Let's see. It's quite reasonable. It says here, donation $5, students 3 and the phone number, folks, let me give it out before I forget, 415, it's in 415 area code, 927-1645. And if they forget about that, can they just call New College? Sure. People tell them. Okay. So we're talking 7 o'clock, Thursday evening, December 17th, for Wavy Gravy and Diamond Dave Whitaker. Wavy Gravy is over at the VA today. Getting his war wounds tended, he said he's got a, f- a few problems from the last from the last police um, what you call it encounter. Yes, got a few bumps. Uh, what are you going to do Thursday night, Dave? Diamond Dave is here with us. You all hear Dave on the radio all the time. <laughs> I hear you every time I turn it on. 
Well, it's, uh, it's, uh, I guess it's about uh, being still up for it, still down for it, still around for it, still going for it. Not ready to be in for it, not out of it yet. <laughs> and I, and uh, my interpretation of it, it's all up to uh, Steve. Uh, so how'd you become an activist? It's telling some of those stories uh, going way, way back, uh, back in my case, uh, back to the 50s, where the left, uh, then we weren't called uh, 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 activists. We were, that came, that word, that name came much later. In fact, I forget where it, where it first, where I first yes, began to hear story, it. And it's you're, you're a hipstorian. Hipstor, going back and certainly wavy too. He and I go back uh, half a century. We first met in 1960 when he was going back. Uh, came through uh, Minneapolis as a kind of a he was Hugh, Hugh Romney then, of course, as a kind of a Lenny Bruce. Uh, we we're speaking uh, kind of a Lenny Bruce kind of a stand-up comedian. Uh, Wavy's the saint in the clown suit. Wearing a, then he was wearing a thin tie and a suit, and he was a Lenny Bruce uh, dry, dry wit pushing the uh, boundaries. A good friend of Paul Krasner uh, way back then, and so it's I guess it's story about dancing died sideways down the ribbon of time. Rainbow the, Warriors. The path ahead uh, lit by the echo behind. And I think the rainbow, I can uh, let Steve, but ask Steve why he uh, chose me. And I know that uh, simultaneously you say, who should we who should we have up with you? And I knew that uh, last week, uh, last month, you had Starhawk and uh, the uh, Berkeley's own Stony Burke, who I'm sometimes taken for. Are you Stony <laughs> Burke? No, I got more hair. But uh, uh, so I knew that, and I said, that's an interest. So I was thinking at the same time, we came to it simultaneously, a wavy gravy, because we both are passive crowd from time to time but he's been playing some rooms I've been playing uh, other rooms more here at the bottom uh, looking up and the yeah. rainbow is a rainbow family where Wavy and I both uh, uh, I'm still in he's got camp with a rainbow Dave you just got back from New Orleans you were up there checking out uh, the Katrina relief what what was your experience up there well I was down there I was doing some hands on as I say I mentioned the rainbow family I guess some people know do you know the rainbow family you know we we have our gatherings it goes all the way back to those days days uh, of the summer of love of the diggers and so on a big free gathering where people come from hither and yon and some beautiful uh, uh, space and place and share food and music and everybody lends a hand have we got any diggers left um, I'm trying to think Diane Duprima and whatever I'm trying I think who well who? Peter Coyote is now Peter Cohen is now Coyote. Peter Coyote yeah uh, Peter Berg is now still Peter Berg with the planet drum mm -hmm. he'd be a good guy for how you become an activist as a matter of fact and uh, and the rainbow family certainly the idea of, 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 of feeding people the idea of sharing food for the body of the mind and the spirit mm -hmm. food not bombs kind of the youth uh, the youth uh, urban youth contingent of the rainbow family so we knew we should go down just after Katrina because we have buses hippie buses they're in <laughs> fact the kitchens we got the big pots we got the burners we got the the butane the propane burners <laughs> and so he said we're heading down there so uh, from the east from the north from the west uh, by we rolled down there and we couldn't get into new orleans stopped by covington where the uh, uh where the uh, veterans for peace was cindy sheehan had just had just come through they were up from texas but stayed to start a uh, distribution center in covington and uh, meanwhile we had invited to come, we couldn't get in New Orleans. Invited to come to into Waveland. They said, "Come, where it's totally it's uninhabited and uninhabitable right there in the Gulf." But people are coming back, and so we set up shop in a uh, set up shop, began to cooking and serving food in a. Uh, uh, in a parking lot, and it went, but what, what had been, but was now a totally destroyed uh, shopping center in the center of Waveland, and soon we were feeding a couple oh, thousand God, people a day. God bless you. God bless them. Listen, would you read me? You said tonight 
that you got a uh, an opening. Let's see, Haight-Ashbury Literary Journal tonight. We're celebrating the new issue, and I've got an old issue here with me that I, I've been reading. I don't know why last night I seem to be reading. Uh, what is that? Uh, Eugene Ruggles and Huey Newton and Mark Twain. I guess I was listening to the the uh, radio waiting for the execution, and my mind was just wandering from one book to another. Eugene well, Ruggles is dead now. He died, when was it? Uh, uh, 2004, two years, yeah. Yeah, a couple of years ago, yeah. maybe just last year. God bless him. I remember him so well. We share a birthday. And, and, uh, and he, yeah, his favorite, what was his line? Uh, the line from the end of one poem, it was, um, I, I asked him what the solution was, and he said, just be tender forever. <laughs> I said, okay, okay, I'll go with it. And he was a guy who had his links in the Beat Generation, which was my first generation. I got here in 1957. Bike Messenger by day, Beatnik by day and night. It was 1957, and I was in seventh heaven. And uh, I'll speak of the uh, I'll speak of the event uh, tonight. Uh, was just by chance. Not too likely is going to be the publication party for the uh, for the winter issue of the uh, of the Haight Ashbury Literary Journal. And just by chance, as I said, you had a copy, and I uh, had the Eugene Rubble Ruggles uh, 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 issue, which came out in uh, a couple years ago, maybe three issues What's ago. What's the volume number on this one? This is uh, well, I'll, what is it? It's uh, oh, there we go. There we go. It's uh, Volume 23, number 2, folks. It's the one with Eugene Ruggles on the front. You can find it. And if you, uh, if you can, I'm sure if you come tonight, we'll make sure there's some back copies so you can pick up one down there. I'll tell you where it is in a second. Just hold on. This is called Inscription for the Door. I have no enemies left. I have no enemies left, only some friends who are late. Come in. There is no lock. Hang your coat. Beside the, hang your coat beside the fire and pull a chair to its edge. We shall drink tea and clear the path, leading back to the heart's first address. You may have news of these nations beginning to revolve beside each other like seasons, or word of the fires out of control south of us, where the poor are burning the lies keeping them. Why are these three ragged strangers still kneeling over their ashes? Invite them. Bring them in. They can rest here beside this oven of bread. Children sleep in corners, taking notes. A woman is dressing in the room overhead. Her footsteps are tablets. I open to sleep. The new wind is full of branches tonight, leaving no holes, leaving no holes in the darkness. Enter. I have no enemies left anymore. Only some friends who are late. Hey, Gene Ruggles. Hey, Gene Ruggles, I could be your spirit right here. Today is the first day of the rest of our life. And tonight, <laughs> uh, tonight uh, uh, at the Park Branch Library, 1833-8, where one, 1833 page, 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 between Schrader and Cole, where I do a second uh, Tuesday open mic, uh, bring your favorite poem, say some of your own. And tonight will be a, the publication party for the new issue, the winter issue uh, of the uh, Haight-Ashbury Literary Journal. So a lot of the poets will be reading. And you, out there in KPFA land, if you'd care to, are invited to participate. It's an open, always an open mic. Got to have some poetry and some love. There's some uh, peculiar alchemy, I think, the minute that we have something like what we went through last night at midnight, you know, I just drop everything else and go back to, um, oh, I don't know, I start with Emily Dickinson. 
you know, let me let me take a shot at Eugene. Here is a poem that he wrote uh, about the homeless, San Francisco, 1990. I think, you know, it's been, what is it, that's 15 years ago, and I noticed that the young people now, they they just assume that the homeless have always been here. You know, what is it, a problem has become just a condition, and they're all used to it. And I keep remembering uh, my parents and thinking how they would react if they could come back, uh, having left us uh, the middle of the last century, you know, and the shock that they would they would feel if they looked uh anyway this this issue is in memoriam to eugene ruggles and the poem is homeless there is a sound the back will utter from being too long with the ground it echoes the miracle of a doorknob turning to them the brick people lining the sidewalks of this city perhaps they are the foundation we walk upon They pull the cold shade from the main library over them at night. Fog delivers them to us in the morning. They do not completely sleep at night. The eyes do not quite close, as if the eyelids had been cut back. Staring into the trees at their feet for a cop's flashlight, a knife. The rain to grow taller, hands and a mission to open. Their bodies open, translating God for us who are deaf, leading us who do not see, speaking through us who are dumb to the world. What is it that breaks down the blood in the heart until the heart breaks down, leaving them there on the only streets we have? Steam rises from by full plate. My feet are dry and warm inside every morning. Steam rises from our magnificent civic center around their cardboard. It is the morning of burying these rags of ours. We have roads of bread. Come home. That is the poem Homeless by Eugene Ruggles, and I thought of... uh, uh, dear Richard Pryor saying that he did sleep with a gun beside his bed. Old Terry Gross said, well, but Richard, you couldn't fire it, could you? And he said, well, no, I can't pull back the lever. And they made some jokes about suicide. And he said, oh, no, 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 no I wouldn't try that again, you know. And she said, well, I didn't imply that you, you would, Richard. He said, good, good, thanks, you know. But basically, she asked him why the gun. And he said, because this is not our America anymore. And she said, what are you afraid of? And he said, the boogeyman. She said, what do you mean? He said, the boogeyman. Everywhere. I, I uh, listened to some of the, some of the uh, eulogies for Richard. Uh, there was a long poem about Attica, which was hardly funny. As a matter of fact, it was uh, startlingly grim, you know. And I thought it's interesting that, of course, he was fundamentally a great poet but he knew that if you want people to swallow it you know if you want to enlighten them you got to come on you got to come on with this this laughter to pry open the box but the pain behind that stuff uh was incredible as mark twain used to tell us you know he said that was it mark twain said um, 
for a work of humor to last forever, and by forever I mean 30 years, uh, the humor must be based in sorrow. And, you know, I was listening, you know, you listen to Richard's, um, Richard Pryor's old albums, and uh, it's all still there, but I, I'm not sure when we say how long it will last. I think most of what will last is the fact that he cracked it open, broke it open, and made this collective consciousness rise, and people were suddenly able to say things to laugh when he said, you know, you can kiss my rich black ass. One of the predecessors, I see they've had a revival, and there's times when people go disappear and return and so on. Uh, who's uh, Lord Buckley? Remember Lord Buckley? Oh, yes. Well, Lord Buckley, I just read in the New York Times yesterday that somebody has had a revival of his odd in, on the, in, uh, off Broadway of Lord, Lord Buckley, the, one of the original hipsters, where that's going back again to the early 50s and late 40s, where, and, uh, and uh, there's a revival and a resurrection of that spirit as well. So, the, so things go and remain, and, and who knows what our legacy is going to be, but here we be. Both Steve and I were there last night, eh, Steve? Yeah, it was uh, it was both uh, somber and, and uh, also inspiring. This is Steve Jacobson talking, folks. Yeah. It was also inspiring in that, uh, like Angela Davis uh, was had said uh, last night, she she said that uh, Latuki will, although we looks like we're going to lose him, uh, his teachings, his example, his books will live on for future generations. And he may be the spark that we need to um, <clears throat> get rid of this crazy uh, um, death penalty once and for all, uh, or at least help that movement. You see, who, who else was there last night? It was Jesse Jackson. I listened to Amelia Gonzalez. Uh, she was here. She's one of our programmers here at the station. She was there. I listened to her most of the night and you know there were several mentions <laughs> well Joan Baez was definitely there her Joan that was, she was singing uh, once or twice and then who else did we have uh, I, I can't remember now uh, oh. mostly I was interested in what some of these young people said you know Absolutely. well most of the people remember were kind of out of your shot of, of what was going on. You couldn't see the stage, mm -hmm. but there are many, many contingents, small groups of candles, the Catholic worker, the pacifists, but many different contingents. It was like a kind of a reunion coming together at the time of the passing of this man, Tukey, and it was, that was really interesting. And that went for, for blocks, uh, along that street, that street that leads to San Quentin. And, uh, and also, I tell I went back in my mind to to the earth to another execution that brought all kinds of people uh, uh, together. In fact, I think it was probably the largest number of people, the largest movement around an execution before this. It was like 1955, 59. And I wonder how many people remember Carol Chessman. And uh, he was, and he was, he had written three books in jail, uh, secretly, and and they they were secretly, and they were smuggled out. The first one, and they they were written in words of fire. They told the real truth, and it brought a lot of people together. I think you could really trace, or I do, uh, be, having been back there. The the movement, the movement that went on through this into the 60s, really began with people coming together over the death of the execution of the struggle trying to keep him alive of Carol Chessman. 
Alton. I just, yeah, I just remember Robert Alton, Alton Harris, was it the one? You remember we'd had a couple of decades without a death yeah, penalty. No, we thought, oh, that's over. They'll never do that again, you know. And then it began again. But Chessman was a writer. Chessman, they said, had an IQ of 180. Chessman had written a book called Cell 366 Death Row that seemed, and I'm looking back and I remember reading it way back then, that seemed, that told the truth of what it was like in the day-to-day life of in-death row and also of the life that led him there. And people like uh, Marlon Brando, uh, people like that, that uh, around Hollywood, people like the people who later became the new left, uh, people like Paul Krasner, people like Lenny Bruce, all got really got involved and came to uh, Bob Kaufman did a poem, a poem to uh, Carl Chessman. So folks out there, C-A-R-Y-L, Chessman, like Chessman, Google them and I think you'll find some information. It's very interesting. Yeah, go ahead, Steve. It's, well, no, I'm sorry. Know, yeah, go ahead, Steve. Um, no, no, Joan Baez was sitting near me and uh, in up front listening to the talks, and and she was like a wide-eyed teenager, uh, applauding everyone, and especially the young people were very inspiring last night. The seventeen-year-olds uh, mm-hmm. uh, in their yeah. talks. Uh, you mentioned the the the, the uh, diggers uh, earlier, and I know their philosophy was to remain anonymous, and uh, <clears throat> I know that I I. I I've been an activist for quite a while, and uh, Brian Wilson, who got run over at Concord. Brian Wilson, yeah. right. Yeah, he, we all remember thing, the train. One of the things he, he would say is that the Nicaraguans, uh, third world peoples, were they weren't worth uh, less and we weren't worth more. I kind of added to that. I said, well, the somebodies aren't worth more and the nobodies really aren't worth less. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the Diggers being anonymous was an example of that. No, um, it's, it's this impulse we all have to say when I keep saying who was there. I, keep th- I, I think of it in terms of who will attract the media, who will bring the media there. But of course, the important people there were the kids who were going to have to continue this work. Yeah. Well, this, our program was, so how do you become an activist? Okay. Almost every program we've had somebody who's pretty well known in the community, and then they go on with someone who's not so well known, but yeah, well, their job. in many cases just as relevant. Yeah. Like uh, you were on with uh, David Solnit, and David is one of the best activists I know of. Sure. But you know, you, each one, teach one. But you were able to bring in an audience for him in the same way that uh, um, Utah Phillips brought in an audience for um, um, Karen Pickett. And uh, Daniel Ellsberg brought in an audience for uh, Sherry Glazier. And, uh, <clears throat> well, David is certainly well known in the community among the youth, a direct action against the war. I've known him ever since. I go back to the days, the first days at the nuclear test site when we'd go out and go across that line. And it, that was out of David and his sister Rebecca and his brother were certainly, certainly are, are known in the grassroots for sure. I was pushing that, uh, pushing the envelope, getting on the, getting people on the same page, so we can get out of the box and push the envelope. Dave Solnick, for sure, and the it's, two of them together. Yeah, it's so crazy making. I remember uh, when I was a school teacher. You know, at Huey Newton was at the. Well, he was. <laughs> He was in the high school where I was teaching. He had been there before, and you know, it's like what is it? Uh, it's it's the celebrity culture that we have. You know, now even today, uh, Huey Newton will get people's attention. You know, when you mention, I last night I was thinking, I was laughing, laughing, because um, uh, Arnie Arnold Schwarzenegger was um, upset because one of um, uh, Stan's books was dedicated to George Jackson along with a lot of other activists. And apparently, you know, Arnold is is so unsophisticated, he seemed to think, you know, George Jackson was still one of his bad guys, you know. And I thought, 
of Huey Newton's book, Revolutionary Suicide. I remember the first time I read it here on KP Face, someone rushed up to me afterwards and says, aren't you afraid you'll get shot? <laughs> I said, Huey Newton is not just a martyr, but he's long dead, his history. You know, this is an old story. And, of course, the story will be told over and over and over a hundred times, and we've just had it told to us again, you know. We've had a, a um, redemptive um, criminal, and there were, what is there been a million of them, but uh, I, I don't know, what is it? Um, somebody the other day was trying to distinguish, oh, the, on the list, on that list of people the book was dedicated to, you know, it was called, okay, Malcolm X and uh, a couple of others had gone into prison as criminals. They said, oh, but uh, Nelson Mandela went into prison as a lawyer. I mean, we have this hardening of the categories. One time I remember Margaret Thatcher flipping out. She said, oh, you know, they were punishing the political prisoners. And she said, we mustn't punish the ODCs. That's ordinary, decent criminals. Shoot. <laughs> you know, those are the folks who, you know, go to jail. But the others, you know, they're not ordinary decent criminals. They're political. And that's George Jackson. I, can't, I tell you, it's, what is it? It is, it, it is to think of, um, what is it, uh, things even more absurd. But um, I, I, I kept listening last night for someone to say that this is not about uh, uh, what, the man. It's about us. It's about the whole society. The piece that I found in uh, Huey Newton's book is the one where he says there's an old African saying, I am we. He said if you met an African in ancient times and asked him who he was, he would reply, I am we. This is revolutionary suicide. I, we. All of us are the one and the multitude. He describes revolutionary suicide as, you know, being willing to to do the work and die for the cause, and if you're innocent, to say so, you know, no matter what the... That's why I say the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, and we can do more together than any of us can do on our own. Of course. A reactionary suicide he defines as somebody who believes what the system says about him, you know, and that's the one thing that uh, Stan Williams never did, you know, he just... Uh, what is it? Uh, oh, what is it? To thine own self be true and all the other big, big cliches. You know, he never um, stooped to say any of the uh, um, generic things that he Well, I think say. a basis for what I'm talking about, how did you become an activist, which is our whole story because we're still in a state of becoming, as you know, as you know is, is that it's about finding community. It's, it's about finding community. It's about sharing food for the body, mind, and spirit. And this pretty much as I learned now through these decades uh, going down. I'm a, I just turned 68, so uh, I'm going to take this back to the 50s. And, uh, and, I, I, and I guess the idea, Steve, of how to become an activist is telling our our own story, the kind of his, oral history, history, and hipstery of our time. Hey, Steve. Yeah, uh, just one thing. Um, actually, a couple things. Uh, in, in the same way, Lenny Bruce uh, entertained and educated people at the same time. That's a great combination. That's what Richie Pryor also had and others. Uh, um, the uh, Both are... are uh, speakers Thursday night, Wavy and Diamond Dave, uh, they're entertainers and educators as, as well. And uh, normally we have a male and a female uh, every month, but this time I thought it was just, it was too good of a combination to pass up, uh, Diamond Dave and, and Wavy. And also a New College uh, started a program about a year ago um, 
in their curriculum, it's uh, they've offered courses um, on activism, and uh, it was modeled after our program. So we're excited about that too. So we'll look forward to seeing you uh, next uh, Thursday. I mean, this coming Thursday coming night. Thursday. Yeah, uh, December 15th, I'm sorry. Right. 7 p.m. Yeah, you have to do something. Yeah, you guys are going to uh, cheer us up, as, as Stan says. Yes, it is not enough, you know, to educate yourself. Not enough to feed the mind. You have to feed the soul a little bit, too. That's what performance art is all about. Well, this is know? my credo and uh, four lines that uh, you try to bring to every situation. And it goes like this. Cast a wide net. This is what I'll be doing. Cast a wide net. Find the common thread. Let life flourish. And then, don't panic. Just keep it organic. <laughs> Jennifer, I also have to really thank you for um, sure, uh, sure. inviting us to be in program and sharing with us. Uh, you've always uh, done so much of that, and it's really appreciated. Oh, it's Steve. Yeah, this is Steve Jacobson, folks. And he has been in the trenches bringing these activists to you now for four years, four and a half. Four years. Four years. the archives. Right. And... Uh, You've been making videos of these programs, right? right? Yeah. You know, we ought to get a, a series, do it at the Unitarians there, so that we can look at a video library, you know. Uh, well, he has many videos, too, plus that, don't you? You have yeah. many of the, yes. of the, I'm sure last night yeah. you were videoing. Yes, yeah, so I have a friend named Aaron who's going to help me edit. Yeah. So. I'm just an old school teacher, you see, and I'm always thinking of what we can do for the kids. This has been Shoot, Jennifer yeah. Stone. We get the video archive and take it to the high schools. And I've been talking to Steve Jacobson, who does the series, So How'd You Become an Activist? And Diamond Dave, who will be over at New College, Thursday night, 777 Valencia Street, with Wavy Gravy. And they will light up your life. This has been Jennifer Stone. I'll be back on the air Thursday morning at 8.20. Till then, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. KPFA is seeking a program director who is serious about creative, quality programming, working in a collective decision-making environment, and committed to the principles set forth in Pacifica's mission statement. All applications are reviewed and processed by a seven-person committee consisting of staff and listener representatives from the KPFA local station board. The committee will conduct the interviews and vote on two finalists whose names will be submitted to the general manager to make the final decision. This is a full-time management position. To apply, send your resume, letter of interest, 